So, Kajina, I've heard children uh, as well as parents use the term adopted about them, right? Which mm. I find odd because I never say this is my birth child. <laughs> you know, um, where do we go terribly wrong in communications around adoption and what mm. are the repercussions from doing so? Mm. I think the biggest error that any parent can make when they have a child that they've adopted is stressing that word to the point where the child feels different, right? I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with being honest about the fact that your child, you know, came into the family via adoption. Mm -hmm. But I think that when you go the extra mile and go, well, this is my biological child and this is my birth, my adopted child. I think that you run the risk of making the child who was adopted feel very different um, and feel very segregated, right? Um, especially when you do have other birth children or other biological children mm -hmm. of your own, right? So I think that there's we have to use that term with a lot of caution, right? And, and I agree with you. I don't understand why parents can't just go, this is my daughter, this is my son, right? Yeah. And have to put that bit on the front, mm -hmm. right? Um, so if I could if I could cherry pick an approach, I would say, you know, drop the term adoptive child or adopted child um, unless you absolutely have to. Right. Which is in in, in like a medical setting, for example, um, so that doctors will understand there's a but there's no biological link or anything. But other than that, I find really there's no point to kind of use it in conversation because it just makes the child feel uh, very um different and but you're putting a spotlight on them yeah. we're a society of labels ultimately right everything needs to be labeled and everything but is that more of an asian thing or do do people mm. in the west not use the term adopted well i mean i'm not really sure but i feel like you know watching all the you know the the documentaries that i do i clearly watch a lot of documentaries um but you know watching all the documentaries <laughs> that i do um you know i have seen some parents you know have a big group of kids and then refer to all of them as sons and daughters and not have to use the label mm -hmm. um some of them use it if say for example they have um a child of a different uh, ethnicity that they have adopted mm. but isn't that more obvious like you know that that child is adopted Even so why can't so you, you just say label, yeah, right? yeah because that's yeah. actually one of my experiences was yeah. seeing a family where the, the the child was obviously of very different ethnicity and mm. you know um the mother went oh, and the, this is so and so this is so, so and that's my my son over there da, 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 and that's my ad adopted son whatever name mm -hmm. and then um that child that she went yeah i'm the adopted one almost jokingly but there is that weirdness of like, it made me feel so uncomfortable that there had to yeah. be even that thing. That little difference, mm. right? I'm not a fan of it. I'm not. Um, I have seen a lot more discussion about this, especially in countries like the US where um, unfortunately, you know, if you have a parent who is, you know, African-American and they have adopted a child who is of a different ethnicity, there has been a lot of, you know, sort of unfair judgment. And there have been a lot of cases where parents are uh, often put through a lot of questioning because they think they've kidnapped the child. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that unfairness happening in that part of the world. Um, so I can understand how parents feel the need to put that little bit as an appendix on that's on, on uh, referring to their son or daughter. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in other contexts, it really yeah i don't see any benefit to having to announce that when you are referring to your child because it just yeah it just kind of puts a spotlight on them which makes them feel different which is not great hmm.
I know that each child is unique, um, but are there guidelines in terms of an age when it comes to starting off the adoption conversation? You know, I've heard, yeah. you know, it, it should be when children say, mommy, did I, did I grow in your tummy? Because that's Ooh. actually a conversation I've right, heard right. before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so are there and what are they? Well, I mean, there's no there's no hard and fast rule of when it gets done, right? Um, so, for example, now I'm working with a family, the child is turning six, and we're kind of looking into that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, like you said, when the questions about, because inevitably kids will always ask, you know, so when questions seem to start to circulate around that, that's usually kind of a good time for that to happen. But generally, I would say go as young as possible um but not so young they don't understand what you're saying so i would say probably around like the age of like five or six or six or seven Mm -hmm. is pretty much the youngest i would go in terms of bringing the topic up with your child because anything north of that they are are younger than that they won't really understand what you're trying to say Um, and anything older than that or sort of if you're waiting till they reach adulthood that's difficult because they could argue that you've kept the secret, a huge secret from them their whole life. So I would say probably think about sort of the primary school years as a good time, but leading up to that, don't hide it from them, right? So don't come up with like an elaborate story about how you gave birth to them and all of that. And then suddenly when they're seven, you're like, by the way, we lied about all of that. Um, Right. Probably don't do that, right? Mm. So I love what a lot of parents are doing where they go, you know, mommy, did I grow in your belly? And they go, no, you weren't born in my belly, but you were, you grew in my heart. That was something I heard mm. one mom say yeah. was that you didn't grow in my belly, you grew in my heart, right? Yeah. Um, I had the one family say that, you know, um, you didn't come up from my belly, but the angels dropped you off at our door for us to love you. So they don't hide the fact that it wasn't the same, right? Yeah. Or that it was the same. So don't don't hide it. If you plan on telling your child at some point about the origins of their of them coming into the family, then you need to be open about it. Mm. But you don't have to have the sit down conversation with them until they're old enough to understand. I've had a few conversations with uh, with families where you know they think that they've gotten away with the child not finding out that they're mm-hmm. now kind of you know i'd say uh late teens um mm-hmm. uh, you know early 20s or never whatever told. never told never had the conversation because right. the questions never came up well the questions never came up so yeah. why you know we didn't know where why to start and yeah. why talk about yeah. it um they don't seem to know but yeah. actually i knew the children mm-hmm. who knew that they were or had strong suspicions um and were wondering why this conversation ever took place and actually in their own way tried to open these conversations without flat mm-hmm. out going, am I? You know, because by that yeah. stage it was too difficult and the parents never bit whether they yeah. didn't understand right, or not. Right. So I just wonder whether, you know, you've had any experience with anything like that or, or sort of... Well, you know, I, I, I have to say that most of the families that I work with are pretty much on the same page that they want their child to know. Um, there are very few cases where I've worked with where they don't want the child to know. I do have a couple of uh, kids that I work with where mom and dad have, you know, because I always do what we call parent consultations before I see the child to kind of get a background. Um, And the parents had to basically tell me in private that, you know, this child was adopted. She does not know. Mm -hmm. And so I can't tell them, right? So I have to kind of hide it from them, right? Until mom and dad decides to have that question. So have that conversation. So it is something that's a challenge, right? Because you keep thinking about kind of what happens if they find out themselves. So again, going back to Katiana's endless documentaries that she watches, that was another (laughs) documentary. Love it. um, That, um, 
there was this young girl who was adopted into um, a, a South American family. And she was, she knew she looked different to her siblings. She was a lot fairer than the rest of her siblings. But, you know, her parents always explained it away as that, you know, she just followed the coloring of like her great grandmother or whatever. They always kind of blamed it on that. Mm -hmm. She never questioned it. She had the same last name. She spoke Spanish. She didn't really feel anything was different. And then her parents passed away. And her partner bought her one of those DNA kits mm. for one of her gifts. Oh, no. And oh, that was how she found out she did not mm. have a single ounce of, you know, South American heritage mm. in her bloodline. And it was almost 100% Caucasian. Wow. Um, and that triggered a search for her birth family. And it was so traumatic because mm. things like, for example, she couldn't donate blood to her sibling who was unwell because they were not the same type. And there right. were all these things. And I think just that journey was just so difficult for her because it one it was a complete surprise and two she didn't know where to start the person who the people who were involved in the process could no longer answer her questions right they were no longer around so i think that there's just a lot of support going towards it not turning out very well if mm -hmm. they don't find out or they find out on their own right so i'm a big supporter of you know having the child be aware that their circumstances were different when coming into the family but you don't have to make it seem that it's like a bad thing because the thing that i've learned most about children whether we're talking about divorce whether we're talking about adoption is the main thing that they care about is that you're still mom and dad and they're mm -hmm. still your child that is the only thing they really care about. They want to know that whatever has happened, that that status is not going to change. And so if you're going to have a conversation with your child about the fact they were adopted, these are the things you have to remember. So having them remember and reinforce the fact that even though they didn't come from you via you know, being birthed by you, does not mean that you love them any less. Does not mean that their status is any less than any of the other kids? Things like that's really important. Kajit, you're talking about conversations that we have uh, between the parent and the adopted child. But what if there are other children in the family unit? How should this be managed right, both in talking to the children, the other children, mm. but also in guiding them with conversations with their sibling? Wait, you mean mm -hmm. like the other uh, kids are natural birth? And Biological. Wow, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think still something you need to have a conversation with them about. So if you're going to have a ch chat with your child that's been adopted, then you need to be able to have a similar chat with any of the children who are biologically yours, right? Um, and so that's why it's, you know, and, and again, it kind of goes back to making sure that they understand that while your origins were different, the status is the same, right? Um, and kind of reinforcing that because remember, you know, we've talked about this before. If mom and dad is setting the precedence that everything's the same, the kids are going to follow suit, mm, right? But if mom mm. and dad is making, yeah, making an effort to make it seem very different um, with this child versus all of them, then they're going to follow suit. So I think it's important to first speak to the child who has been adopted so he or she is aware. So it's not going to be like, oh my God, mom and dad told us that you were adopted. That's probably not a way to handle it. So 
speak to that child first, have them kind of understand what it's about, right? If they're old enough, you can even ask them how they would feel about you talking to the other siblings, right? They might have certain feelings about that. They might feel they want to be the ones to tell them. Whatever your child kind of feels is more comfortable for them, right? But I think it just is very helpful to have all the other children made aware, but with enforcing and stressing the fact that there is no difference with regards to their position or their roles in the family. Hmm. It's a sort of interesting conversations to have with children that are already born and then mm. the you know adopted child comes into the family that way um, mm-hmm. and then the younger ones that come after that child yeah, yeah. because those are kind of different conversations yeah. you have exactly. at different times, right? Exactly. Um, I guess one question um, that I'd like to ask with regards to knowing quite a few uh, adopted children adults whether mm. they, they were children when they were adopted they're adults now yeah. um, myself is um you know there is this idea that uh children who weren't biological are more susceptible to this idea of i'm not enough or i'm not lovable mm. um it seems to be a far too common uh, an issue with children across the board in my opinion mm-hmm. but in your experience what what would you say to this I think that, you know, from the kids that I've worked with who've been adopted, that question, that again, that sense of I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, does tend to come up because of the fact that they only came into the family that they have because the ones who gave birth to them essentially chose to give them up, right? Mm-hmm. And that that does mess with a child's sense of identity. I mean, it's the same type of questions that kids who go through divorces feel as well about kind of when the two people who are responsible for your creation choose to either, you know, leave you in the hands of other people or choose to kind of leave you in general, it does kind of make kids question their place in the world and their value. And that's just because from birth, we're just programmed to look to our parents and our biological parents as sort of the be all end all, right? That's our Um, tribe. That's our first tribe, isn't it? That's our first tribe. Exactly. I find it a lot less of an issue with kids who know that they were adopted because their parents, their birth parents had passed. Um, that doesn't become so much of a concern. But kids who know that their parent, they were left at an orphanage or they were put up for adoption and their parents are still alive. Some of the kids I work with have open adoptions with their biological parents. So they know of these people, they can write to them. They know that these people are still around. Um, that does come up more often because it's a question of, what was so wrong with me that I could they couldn't keep me, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of the circumstances that tends to come up as a question. And then that concept of am I lovable, am I enough becomes a theme. So I think that it is inevitable given the circumstances. And like mm-hmm. I said, this is not just two kids who were adopted, but kids who were in divorced families as well does tend to come up. And so that's where the role of the parents and the caregivers of this child become so important in reinforcing that, right? Um, I find it really helpful not to um, speak ill about the biological family or the circumstances. So like one of the families that I worked with, they were really kind about it. And they said that, you know, your, your birth mom and dad loved you so much that they wanted you to have a life that was better than what they had. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they gave you to us so that we could give you, you know, all of the things that you have. And so they did make it seem like it was oh we just didn't want you that's Mm. why we gave you up and that helps to to healing that wound quite a fair bit so 
it is inevitable. I tell all parents that, right? It's no fault of yours. There's nothing you could do to eradicate that in the initial stages. But if you continue to reinforce this sense of of positivity and having these children realize that you are loved and that you know you've brought so much into their into your lives as parents, um, that does a lot to healing that wound. Yeah.